Well, here we are. So, this is the new studio. Yep, uh, this is it. Um, hopefully everyone gets here soon. Five seconds later. So, uh, ideas for segments this week, anyone? Reproduction with Toad! Oh yeah! Uh, I don't know, but can I record with Samus? I can make a cake! <sighs> okay, okay, uh, how about we just talk about Diddy Kong Racing? What about Mario Kart? Oh, it's time to broadcast. Uh, people, uh, Zach, quick, let's get on air. Alright. It's connectivity! With Chat Retro, featuring Nick and Zach. What we've been playing, featuring Neil, Addison, and John. Episode 176, A Bunch of Muppets. Retro, the retro chat show where we talk about retro games. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and today I'm joined by Zach Miller. Hey, Zach. Howdy, howdy. How's it going? It goes okay. It's 52 degrees. It's warm today. (laughs) So uh, today, uh, Zach and I are going to be talking about Diddy Kong Racing on the Nintendo 64. I had never actually played this game back in the day all that much. I played a bit of multiplayer at a friend's house, so this was like a fresh all the way through the game, so uh, what's your history on it, Zach? Uh, I got it when it first came out. Right. Um, I really like it, uh, or I, I guess maybe I I really liked it back in, uh, in 1999 or 97, I guess, when it came out, mm-hmm. um, and I think I beat it back then, uh, and I've always kept the cart, um, but I haven't played it again until now for this this feature yep i just uh i also wanted to go through some of the some little bit of background information on on the game on a bit of its uh, reception and uh how it was made from the good old wikipedia so the game was released on the 24th of november 97 in north america the 14th of november in japan and the 21st of november in europe apparently i don't know how accurate that is but it seems like that was pretty (laughs) close to a worldwide launch <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> um apparently the game had started off as a pro-am 64 sequel from the nes and it was miyamoto that ended up throwing diddy kong into the mix so a little bit like the star fox thing with dinosaur planet yeah i bending the tea table a up, little yeah yeah uh it seems like Timber was going to be the main character of the original version of the game. The thing that surprises me from this information, though, is that apparently uh, Miyamoto threw Diddy Kong into the mix in June 97. So they converted the game to Diddy Kong Racing in a matter of months before it came out. Yeah. So it's pretty tight schedule. <laughs> and And honestly, like... When you look at the character select screen at the beginning of the game, Diddy's the one who looks the least thought out mm. to me. 
uh, he looks like he's just kind of, you know, because it's all these characters who are clearly rare characters, uh, like Conker and Banjo Mm -hmm. and the Kremlin. And then you got all these random characters. But then there's just Diddy Kong. That would explain why, like, uh, there's no, like, there was no, like, Donkey Kong character in it or yeah. uh, any other sort of DK character that basically Diddy was the only one that made it in. Yeah. And there are no, there, aside from maybe bananas that you collect, there are really no callbacks to the Donkey Kong series. Mm. I hadn't actually really thought about that as I was playing it, but yeah, none of, there's no like obvious DK level in the game. No. All sort of just random themes and stuff. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, let's move on to talking about how we played the game right now. So, Zach, you were playing it. How are you playing it? On the original system with... I'm playing it on my N64 with an HDTV, and it looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, 51-inch plasma. Good Lord. Uh, (laughs) Jeez. It's funny, when you you brought this game up and and I said, let's do it, uh, I considered, briefly considered, going to a you know, uh, a, a secondhand store and buying a CRTV <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, just for this, because I knew how it would look on my on my TV. Yep. Um, and maybe I should have done that. <laughs> uh, but um, I think shrunken down, the game actually does still look pretty good. Mm. I think it looks better than Mario Kart 64. And I actually tested this. I went back to Mario Kart 64 and it looks really bad now, really bad. And it has frame rate issues, and the pop-in is just god-awful in Mario Kart 64. Uh. This game doesn't really have a lot of pop-in. Hmm, yeah. It's it's shocking. A lot of the courses uh, seem to have a lot of fairly good curves, though, so I think it hides it just out of, out of that's sight. That's true, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, this game was like what a couple of years later or whatever. So yeah. it's no no real big surprise. And Rare were pretty much technical wizards. That's true. <laughs> and this, I don't think this game required the um, expansion pack. No, the insp- expansion pack hasn't even come out yet. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um, I I didn't get an N64 till late '99, so I can't really remember. But I'm pretty sure it launched with DK64. Might, I might, oh I yeah, might I wrong. think you're right. You're you are correct. Yeah, I was playing it on a Sony PVM uh, broadcast like monitor, like CRT monitor. So nice. a year or so ago, I went through the sort of the trouble of getting my getting a like NTSC uh, RGB N64. So I've got it hooked up like pretty much the optimal way you can like view it these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, aside from going through like getting a um, like a scaling unit, like the XRGB Mini and stuff like that. You, you may have heard of it. I have not, but that sounds nice. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much uh, get this scaling box that will take the RGB out of the modded N64 and scale it to either 720 or 1080p. Oh, um, wow. My friend got one recently, like the other day, and I went around and had a look, and after a little bit of tweaking, it looked pretty much the same as what i was used to on my crt it's like nice yeah so that's sort of the way to go if you really want to get into n64 because um the main reason i went with like i've gone down this sort of rabbit hole of getting all the n64 stuff recently is because you know 
licensing and that isn't going to make it possible to play a lot of these games so in the future mm. so anyway that's a little quick aside there um so yeah i started this game maybe a month and a half ago or whatever and just sort of started chipping away at it um i'd played like a few levels and then put it down so oh, i'll come back to this later that was about a year and a half ago mm. so i finally sat down and started playing through the whole game and now that i've like finished it uh i like it quite a lot i got pretty addicted to it i've even beaten all the time trials and unlocked the tt like clock oh, wow. character so i've completely finished the game now and um it's really fun i i was a little bit hesitant to sort of dive right into it because all of, like, over the years on like message boards and things people have been saying like uh they hated the silver coin challenges and it was like the game was really hard and aside from Every now and then I would get sort of stuck on a particular challenge or level for like a little bit. I would, wouldn't say it was like overly difficult to overcome the game. No, and I don't think the silver coin things are that bad. You know, they're pretty much all in the path of like where you'd go. There is some that are sort of are off, to the, off to the side a bit, but none that are you're not going to notice. Yeah. Um, the, the, the hardest thing with those, I guess, is just sort of uh, planning planning your run so you may some courses i was trying to get every single one on my first lap and then use the next two laps to sort of get up into first make sure you win make sure i win yeah and there was some where it was easier to get like half on the first lap and half on the second and um try and win on the third lap and stuff but yeah did you get to play any of the silver coins on your current run yeah i I played all the silver coins on the first uh, three courses, mm-hmm. um, the lake, the, oh, what are the first three? The, the, kind of, dino- the, the dinosaur the jungle, land. the lake, the yeah. dinosaur lake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and none of them are hard. I mean, mm. there, there was, I think one where I had to, uh, actually look for one or two of the coins, but, um, uh, you know, it's not, the boneyard the boneyard had had a few where i actually had to look for a few of the coins because they were kind of on an almost alternate route yeah from where i'd normally go but i mean it's not hard it's and it makes you more familiar with the course Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know which is fine and um yeah it's 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 not difficult and and it's it's a good challenge you know it's odd to say this but i feel like more racing games could have things like this yeah it definitely does uh make you like make you have to be really uh knowledgeable of how the track goes and sort of the best possible route to take and all that yeah and um, none of the tracks are very long no i, I was so su- it's not a big deal to go back and try again mm, i was surprised with that too there's only a few tracks that like uh, sort of more lengthy that was one thing that um mario kart 64 sort of has over this game i guess is like the tracks are more substantial Right. I think. But um, the the tracks in Diddy Kong are still pretty fun. Yeah, they are. Um, I'd, I'd kind of like to play this multiplayer. I wonder how it holds up in, in terms of multiplayer. I actually played some multiplayer briefly a couple of weeks ago with some friends, and it was pretty good. Like, um, the battle arenas I quite like in this game, actually. They, yeah. They're outside of Mario Kart 64 these are some of the most fun ones I've played in like recent years. Now I did not like 
of of the three vehicles, I don't really like the plane. I think the plane really? controls a little sluggishly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I don't mind don't mind the plane. Um, it is maybe it is a little like slow feeling maybe, but the one that was sort of more most annoying to like for me was the hovercraft. It was like it's much more um, floaty and twitchy a bit. Yeah, it's a little slippery. You've you're got right. To, you've got to really like get used to how how it moves. Yeah. And you really I'm not sh- yeah. You really do have to use the um the sharper turning on that. Oh, definitely. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's what it must be for because if you use the if you try and slide turn on the car, you'll often uh turn way too sharply. Mm. I found. Um It is useful sometimes um like yeah, on the sort of the wider the wider corners that you go around i usually use the the um the drift on the like the cart around them yeah like, see it's easier to collect like bananas along the edge of a track like oh that's that. true yeah, yeah that's definitely true yeah mm. so um here, here's a here's a question for you that i i couldn't figure out what the heck do bananas do they're like the coins in mario kart they race oh, they make speed. you go a little faster yeah there's 10, oh, okay. 10 bananas gives you like the highest top speed Gotcha. Okay. Also, um, I I played through half the game before I got to something where I was like struggling a bit to to win, and then I looked up some like strategies for how to play the game, and I didn't realize that when you go over the boost pads, you have to take your finger off the accelerator to get the really? to get the maximum boost, uh, huh. and after that, like it was much easier because they expect you to know that. Uh, in some of the, some of the oh. boss battles, it's like the whiz pig fight. I was struggling on the last uh, whiz pig fight um, for a while, and then you know I realized that I wasn't holding, letting go of the accelerator for long enough, and it was like shortchanging me on the boost. Yeah. Um, so what you got to do is you let go of the accelerator as you go over the boost pad, and then you don't push it down again until the colored smoke stops coming out of your exhaust. And oh. then you put it back down. It's actually quite a long time, like quite a long time before you put the A button back down. Huh. I'm gonna have to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Now there's there's the course that I'm I'm on that I really dislike, and I haven't been playing this or I've only been playing this for four or five days. Um, I really do not like the the Snowflake Mountain course where it's kind of Christmas themed and you're going up and down a lot. Is that the um, one where it has like uh boost pads that sort of take you up on like vertical angles yes, and stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's just because it's hard to see where you're going. Mm, mm. Um and so you'll you're going up this long hill and then all of a sudden there's a turn at the top of it and you can't really see what's going on, so you end up hitting the wall. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I don't like that course. I, I know that's probably the only Snowflake Mountain course like that, but I remember Playing it made me remember, God, I didn't like this back in 1997 either. Mm. Uh, so that has not improved. But but I really like that the Snowflake Mountain course uh, in partic- courses in particular, they're all very different, but they're all obviously unified by a theme. Yeah. It's the, same, it's the same way in Dino Domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's the same way in uh, Sherbet Island from what I remember. Pretty much, but yeah. I do like that. First of all, there are a lot of courses. 
There's in like this game. 20 courses. Yeah. I think that's more than Mario Kart 64. Mm. Mm. There's four cups of Mario 64 with four tracks in each of them. Four each. Yeah, so yeah, there are more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I do like that, and um, and I think they're more a little more varied. I mean, even even though they each have are, have a unified theme, I think the track design is is pretty varied between them. Yeah, and the um, I actually really like the playing the levels in the Snowland because it's like I don't know with all the rareware snow stuff, it always feels so like yeah Christmassy and uh, Happy. the way that they have the snow like it's always this pale blue color and uh yeah it always looks really good yeah it does yeah they they do a good job and, and there aren't and one of the things that uh strikes me about the graphical presentation is that unlike you know i, I keep comparing this mario kart 64 because i think that's the closest comparison mm-hmm. um in mario kart 64 the characters are sprites yeah yeah uh, and in this game they're actually 3d and I really, one of the strangest things I really like about this game is backing up in the cart. Because your character kind of turns. Yeah. And he looks back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it's re- bizarrely well animated. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's it's annoying that you have to actually hold down hold down on the stick. He doesn't just start backing up when you press hold down B. Right, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's a cute feature that they added. The other, um, so in this game, the sort of the progression is like you go to the levels first off and you just, the only uh, mission is to, to win. And then after you do all the tracks there, you go and do the silver coin challenges, right? Right, right. And then after that, you can find a key in one of the levels in that world and unlock like the trophy race or something. Is that how? Yeah. Yeah. And um, the trophy race is pretty much just, Mario Kart 64's main mode. <laughs> yeah, it's like an well, Point, it's like an AI. It's like points based. An AI yeah. battle mode. Oh, sorry. The key unlocks the the mini game, doesn't it? Right. And right. then there's like another thing where it's like Mario Kart, where you got to get the like all the win the by points and get the trophy. Right. So yeah, there's a fair bit of variety within like each world. Like to completely finish a world, it like takes a while. It's not just finishing the yeah, tracks it does. once. And then I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, it's been so long, but don't you unlock uh, the clock guy by doing a bunch of time trials? Yeah, yeah, you have to beat the, you have to play the time trial and beat a prerequisite time, which you don't know what it is, and then the clock will come out, like you you play it again and the clock will challenge you, like his ghost will challenge you, and you've got to beat him on every single level. And then you'll unlock him as a playable character. Yes. And he is way overpowered. <laughs> oh, is he? Because in this game, um, once you beat it, I think once you just beat the mo- like the regular game, you can see the credits, you unlock uh, Adventure 2. It's like a harder um, mirror mode version of the get- whole game. So I played a bit of him on that, and I didn't even have to try to beat the AI. I was like beating them huh. by half a half a track on the first, oh wow, all the first world levels and stuff. But it'll probably get harder. But he's really fast. <laughs> huh. How do you how do you beat the how do you unlock the rooster? I don't think I ever did that when I was little. Um, you have to go into. I'm not sure when you can do it. Um, but you have to go into the main area, like where um Taj is. 
and there's yep. a frog with a rooster thing on it or something, and you run it over. Oh, that's it? Yeah, and then you'll unlock him. Yeah. Oh, geez. you probably do that right away. Probably. I'm not sure if there's like a... You, know, you have to get through a certain amount of the game first. Oh, okay. Because I did it right. Like, I'd already finished the game when I found out about it. Gotcha. Because, um, like, there's a, there was also a bunch of, like, cheats in this game. You can unlock, like, a two-player adventure mode. What? Yeah, there's one of the magic codes you can input is like the adventure mode in two player. Oh man. Yeah. And oh, it's like wow. there's like giant carts and like all sorts of it's sort of like like some of the cheats are like Goldeneye how you can sort of um just do some wacky things with it. I'm going to have to look this stuff up. Mm. mm. So you can just find like find all the codes on GameFAQs and stuff and you just got to huh. sit there typing them in. <laughs> yeah. Now, I remember there was going to be an actual sequel to this game. Uh, I think Barrel Blast was supposed to be um, uh, a sequel. It had the... it. Ha- I know the early screenshots of that game had the um, elephant genie. Yeah, the Space World 2001, I think, had a CG video showing off, like, Donkey Kong racing. And it was, like, the Donkey Kong characters riding animals and stuff. Um, yes, that's right. And it was being made by Rare, but you know, after they went to Microsoft, the game got cancelled. And yeah. early on in the Wii, there was like a some other developer did that Barrel Blast game, but I didn't really play too much of that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, uh, but I know that this game got remade on the DS, and I've, I've uh, yeah, been I wanted about to it. talk a bit about that as well. Like, I'd played a bit of the DS game. Um, but they did change some things. Obviously, Banjo and Konko were taken out, and um, mm. I think Tiny Kong and one of the other Kongs was added. They also added a track editor, which is like you drew like a shape on the touchscreen, and it would translate that to a level. Oh. Um, they, I think they did a bunch of like rebalancing and like just changing little bits and pieces here. They even changed... Um, Taj's voice like things oh really like that. yeah and um I really like I don't know why but I really like his voice yeah yeah me too <laughs> he's like I think he's just got a standard American accent in the DS1 oh really yeah. oh that's no that's no good it takes away a bit of the personality I think yeah the, it really does I think most people say that the DS1 like really the only sort of good improvement was the stable more stable frame rate but some of the other stuff they did sort of take away from from the game overall oh i could i could stand to have a you know the frame rate's not bad maybe it's just exacerbated by my tv yeah even i on my crt even i had to like adjust i'm usually pretty good with like um not really being bothered by frame rates on the n64 but yeah. in this game, a couple of levels, it did sort of bother me for a while, but I think I'm over that now because I, I can play it now. If I went down and played it now, I wouldn't really mind that much. But when I first That's started good. playing it, some levels were really bad. I thought the um, the mount, the snow one with the village, the mountain village one, yeah, uh, I know that one has about. an awful frame rate when you're playing it, it with um, like just with all the other races on the screen. Yeah. It's not so bad in time trial, but when there's like all the other carts on the screen, it really takes a dive. 
Yeah, it's because it's it's already got so much going on in the background already. Yeah, the worst part of the level is the very beginning where you just round that corner and then you go down the hill and you got like the bridge, you got the um, houses down the like in the bottom yep. of the valley, and it just like really choppy. <laughs> yeah, really chugs. Yeah, the going back to the DS game quickly. Well, if if I ever saw it at like a GameStop or something, I'd I'd probably pick it up just because I'm curious about it. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the core game, the original game really is a lot of fun, even though it, it may have aged poorly in some respects. I think it's a really well-made cart game. And, uh, this is what I, I forgot to say earlier. Um, it, you know, probably inspired Sonic and Sega All-Stars trans- racing transformed. Yeah. At least to some, some degree it would have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the some of the levels would like would have featured some of the other like modes of like the plane and the hovercraft a bit more like the standard. Yeah. A lot of the tracks still have the standard um, cart as the the main vehicle that you have to use. Yeah. Very, very few very few stages let you pick a vehicle. Mm. Mm. The, and then um, when even even when you can, there's usually an optimal vehicle for that course. Yeah, like on the plane ones, I've never chosen like the cart or the hovercraft to players instead right because uh, the plane's the best just the best for that level yeah the music in this game is also really catchy it is you know i i don't think about it while i'm playing it but you're right it is good music there's actually a i can't in one of the um snow levels there's actually like a tune within the main song that I'm pretty sure is f- like from something else, but I can never place it. I was sitting there for ages listening to it going, what is that? It's like I've a, heard this before. Yeah, it was, it's really annoying. And I, I even went to look it up online and no one, I couldn't find out, I couldn't find anyone else saying that. So maybe I'm oh, no good. imagining it. But yeah, so that's pretty much Diddy Kong Racing, I think. Um, I think it's a great game. I, I honestly do. It's... And I'm going to keep playing it. I'm, I've got the N64 out now. I think I'm going to keep it that way for a while. That's good. That's good. There is a lot of tiny details in this game with like how to race and stuff. Like I was saying before with the way the boosting works and all that. There's yeah. lots of little things like that that will like help you improve like your control over the, the cart and little bits and like little tricks that you can do to like get ahead. Uh, yeah, you've got me curious now. I'm going to go look some of this stuff up. Mm, mm. I, was, I feel like I, I feel like I knew that back when I played it when I was little, the boost thing. But you I, probably I did. They probably do. Obviously, forgot it. They probably do mention it somewhere, at least in the instruction booklet, maybe. Yeah, but probably. Maybe not to the extent of um, telling you about the clouds and that. They might just tell you, oh, take your take off the accelerator when you go over a boost, but they don't elaborate yeah. on how long for and stuff like that. Which is sort uh, of a, yeah. a thing in the N64 days. Like, you'd have even Nintendo games, they would say, oh, yeah, do this. But then there would be, like, a third extra step that you could do to, like, make it a little bit better again. Yeah, yeah. Well, even even uh, drifting in Mario Kart 64 got, you know, you could either just hold it down or you could mess with the, the stick to make it less or more of a tight turn. And then you could... Uh, mess around with you could make it a you could go back and forth with the stick until your smoke turned blue or red or whatever it was mm-hmm. and then release for a little turbo so it was it's a it's a fairly complicated maneuver 
Yeah. yeah. And it's difficult to explain to somebody. Uh, so I feel like there's probably a lot of that kind of hidden depth in this game that I need to re-familiarize myself with. Yeah, definitely. Especially on the, uh, you won't, you probably won't beat the, like the final boss whiz pig without knowing this stuff because you have to hit every single boost pad and pretty much you have to do the, the, um, the proper way of boosting to do it. I yeah. only just beat him when I was doing it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's hard. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, I think that'll do it for uh, Chat Retro today, Zach. Yeah. Thanks you for joining. have an idea me. of what we should do next? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if this segment's going to appear every single um, episode of con- Connectivity that we put oh, out. Oh, of course, but, sure. Uh, maybe we'll leave it a, a few weeks or will plan i was thinking maybe dk64 because i do have that i've never played that before i i just got it on the wii u yeah i've got the N64 it is painful cart it's sitting a painful there. game <laughs> i've never played it so i need to sort of experience it a bit i think you do i think everybody needs to play it everybody who's a plat- nintendo platforming game fan needs to play the game and and some people like it i mean they really do i'm just not one of those people but I think I liked it back in the day, uh, but we've come so far. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yep. Well, DK64 is, what, 16 years old now? <laughs> Close to it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, mm. that's scary. Okay, well, we'll decide on what we're going to play next, and uh, next time we talk about a retro game, you'll hear it here on Connectivity. Cool. Bye. Bye. Nintendo News Flash. There have been reports of a large number of cattle mutilations recently at the Long Long Ranch. Farmers have no idea what the cause could be, but one passerby managed to see something strange hovering above the paddock late last night. We now cross to our on-the-scene reporter, Link. Link, what's happening down there? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I see. Yes. It is quite disturbing, isn't it? Wow, what a story. Now, that's it for the Nintendo News Flash. and welcome to What You've Been Playing here on Connectivity. 
I'm your host for this segment, Neil Ronahan, and joining me today to talk about new Wii U and 3D. Now it's pretty much just 3DS games and like a one Wii U game and like maybe some PS4 games if we get that far and Vita. I don't know. Um, but joining me to talk about some games, uh, John Raritan. Hello. And Addison Webb. John, you've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, so, it is, of course, I'll just go ahead and give the, the information for anyone who's been disassociated with Nintendo for the past few years. It is, of course, the remake of the Wii RPG, uh, almost didn't come out in America, game Xenoblade. And uh, so now it has several less pixels, um, which is a bit jarring at first. Um, the game is definitely way more ugly on the 3ds i think i think it i think the appropriate term for how it looks on the new 3ds is like butt it's there's definitely some butt going on um (laughs) you do adapt to the butt um like i hardly (laughs) ever notice the butt anymore but it is i mean after a few hours the butt just becomes a part of your everyday life and you live (laughs) with the butt yes um but yeah it's i mean the first time you kind of zoom out from your character at all and you realize that you can't see their face because the resolution on the 3ds is what like 240 i think as compared to the to the wii which is 480 i mean it's it's literally like half the resolution so you lose a lot of detail um and it does definitely take some some getting used to um and it it doesn't help that the game has absolutely no anti-aliasing on it so jaggies everywhere and, and that, uh, i mean that's what it looked like in the wii version too Sure, it's just in the Wii version, you had twice the pixels, so those jaggies weren't quite so up in your face. Yeah, and the draw distance in that was incredible. And that's the one thing that in the 3DS one, like, you don't have that wow moment when you get to Gar Plains, I feel, in the new 3DS one. You can, it's like you can, geometrically you can see about as far, but the details don't really load in. And so you're kind of just looking at a vague green blob. Um... I know this is all sounding very negative, um, but the game's awesome. It's regardless like of have, whether, regardless right. of how it looks, that game's great. Right. This is still an amazing game, and and seeing it on a handheld, even if it's not perfect, it's still a great way to play the game. Um, and it's still way cheaper than eighty dollars or whatever dumb price I paid for the Wii version was. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, when you compare it to. Uh, the last big Vita game I was playing was Borderlands 2, which is another big open-world RPG. Um, and that game I looks... I got downported. Yeah, that game looks and runs like really big butt, whereas Xenoblade like is... garbage. Yeah. 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 Xenoblade is That's just... That's the thing with sp- Xenoblade Chronicles on 3DS is that it runs really well. It just looks right. bad. Right. And uh, and I think that if, if you have never played the Wii version, which a lot of people haven't because... There just aren't that many copies of it in the universe, apparently. Um, yeah. If you haven't played that, then I don't know if you would notice as much how bad it looks. Just because you wouldn't have that... Like, like the Wii version looked incredibly good for a Wii game. Um, yeah. The 3DS version probably still looks really good for a 3DS game. I'm just comparing it to the Wii game. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I get what you mean. Well, actually, no, because I think comparing it to something like, I don't know, Monster Hunter 4, 
like, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D still looks really bad on new 3DS. The difference being that Monster Hunter 4, you're, you're exploring these tiny little areas. Like, yeah, it's technically kind of an open-world-ish thing, but yeah. it's constantly loading a new area, whereas Xenoblade is giving you these, like, almost Elder Scrolls-sized areas to explore. And so if it wants to look a little pixely, it can go ahead and look a little pixely. Yeah. Like, it's... Now, let's let's start focusing on what the game plays like, because the game is a super, super fun real-time RPG. Sure. Um, yeah, the... The combat, I would say, is most similar to, like, an MMORPG, um, but it feels a lot more involved. Um, You have your basic auto attack just once you get near enough to an enemy uh, and decide to battle them. And then there's also various arts you can perform, um, and they will have various effects on the enemies and will also... They have different effects depending on where you are in relation to the enemy, um, which makes the battles a lot more active. So, like, yeah, because attacks... you have to like move, move around to different sides of the enemy and maybe try to avoid having you know being in the same area as some of your uh, computer controlled teammates, right? Um, because so that way you all don't get hurt, right? And that's the thing is you have it's an interesting concept because by default when you're playing as Shulk, the main character, um, you are not the strongest character on your team, um, Ryan is essentially a tank character. And so when you're fighting, he draws most of the aggro. And so kind of the basic concept is you get the enemy concentrating on him, and then you sneak around and attack them from the back. Um, Yeah, and it's backslash, as Smash Brothers players will know, is a devastating move from Shulk. And especially if you actually do it when you're behind the guy, in which case you'll get extra bonus damage. So yeah, it's, it's... it's like an MMORPG combat system, but super involved and super active. It feels, it doesn't feel like you're waiting on cooldowns and auto attacking. It feels like a very, very active real time combat. Yeah. Um, and also, it's a fantastic story. Music is freaking beautiful. Um, you get the delightful British voice actors and all the European localization as well because. Yeah, Even now that this rough. game is now that this game is hugely popular, we still can't play. We still can't spell color the way we would in the <laughs> United States. But you know, it's it's fine. You get used to it. So, how far are you right now? Uh, I am only ten hours in. Um, okay, so probably. I'm, I've I've been going slow. I I went slow through the first area and got myself really leveled up. Um, I was also because I was pretty aware that a certain character would leave my party early on, um, I was ready <laughs> to steal all of their armor right before that scene happened so that they wouldn't steal all my best armor like they did when I played through it on the Wii. Yeah, that's a big bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I was watching somebody else's Let's Play and realized that like everyone was doing the same exact thing. And so then I didn't, I didn't feel as much like a creep for having that scene happen with a certain character in their underwear. <laughs> Um, now that we're lightly dancing around some spoilers, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed finally playing through Xenoblade, um, cause I'd put about 20 hours into the Wii version and then played and reviewed the 3DS version, which you can read that review over in NintendoWorldReport.com. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it and I don't, I think I'm kind of burnt out 
on playing that kind of game for when Xenoblade Chronicles X comes out. So I think I might have went from being very eagerly anticipating to Xenoblade Chronicles X to being like, it could slip to 2016. I won't be bothered. I'm still really... I I freaking can't wait for... If, if, if Legend of Zelda were still coming out this year, then I wouldn't mind waiting for X. But without yeah. Zelda, X needs to be here like now to just... To fill well, that it's going to be in Japan in, in like heart. a week. Right? And that's... Uh, it's the end of yeah. April is when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's uh, let's throw it over to the, the quiet Addison Webb. So you've been playing Codename Steam, I hear. I have. Um, I'm about on the fourth, like, area of the game. Is it like the fourth chapter? or? Yeah, chapter is probably a good way to yeah, put it. Yeah, because I... I finally cracked open that game, but I only got as far as I got in the demo. So uh, okay, so I'm in chapter just two, the intro parts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. So first off, I never play strategy games. I kind of avoid them at all costs. But I was kind of looking for something to play, and this was actually on sale at Best Buy for thirty-five, and I have the. Um, gamers, gamers unlocked, uh, gamers rewards unlocked, and I got it for twenty-seven. So I thought that was a pretty good deal for, uh, say, a month old now 3DS yeah. game. And I heard that the patch solved a lot of the problems. So when I got it, I was playing on my 2DS, which isn't the greatest experience. I was aiming with the stylus. It's, it's just strategy game where you're playing in like a third person if you ever played Valkyria Chronicles on the PS3 or PC it's the same thing uh, you, you take your turn and you move your character around third person you can aim your shots and stuff so using the stylus to do my shot aiming was pretty rough so between that and the only twice speed fast forward I finally got the push I needed to get a new 3DS. So <laughs> um, you can, yesterday, you, just so you know, you can get the you can use the face buttons to control the, the shots. Yeah, I noticed that after I got the new 3DS. But <laughs> You're weak. You're weak. <laughs> I still like using the control stick better, but yeah, but it is, it is way better. But I did get my new 3DS for a buck fifty. Where'd you get used. it? Used. Oh, okay. I got it at a mom and pop shop. Oh, used right. in. I got seventy trade on my two DS. So bad. no, it's a good deal. Eighty dollars for new three DS. I'll take it. And I also am the one person who probably used Marth in this game. Oh, I still haven't yeah, done so, that yet. How, how did how did that work? Like, is it like smooth to do? Yeah, when you get to a certain point in the game where you have control over your party. It's like, hey, we have this new technology called Amiibo. Like, <laughs> if you'd like to take advantage of it, go ahead and tap an Amiibo from the Fire Emblem games on your 3DS. And I was like, okay, here's my Marth. So you just swipe it, like, when you're choosing your party. And apparently it's supposed to go away when he dies and you have to retap it, but I haven't had that problem yet. So I've just been strolling along with them. <laughs> it, it's weird because... You're playing with all ranged characters in the game, and you're throwing in these Fire Emblem characters. I only have the Marth. I don't have an Ike. Yeah, and the which, other two aren't available yet, Robin and Lucina. 
Yeah, which is kind of frustrating because it's like I'm the one person in the world who really like an Ike to use it for its in-game purposes only, really. No, isn't that the worst? But, How many of those Ikes are probably just in boxes oh, on some motherfuckers? The rest of them are closet. not being played with right now yeah. on somebody's collector's shelf in their basement. But you do I've realize all that the all collectors. of those people listen to this podcast. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that was intentional. <laughs> Play with your toys. <laughs> like a real adult. Um, but yeah, so back to the whole uh, strategy with using the Amiibo characters. There's points where I'm like, yeah, there's this one level where I'm... There's two, le- like, stories to this one building that's right next to the main battlefield. So, strategy-wise, you want to get people up with range weapons shooting down while you have some of your shorter range people going in fighting this boss that you have to take down and i the first couple times i tried that was with marth and i'm like well this isn't working very well (laughs) so i pulled him out and put in one of the regular characters in the game and i ended up beating it but then the next mission i put him back in he worked out great so just reckon it's kind of a hit or miss Yeah. yeah so I mean, that's pretty cool. It's one of the better uses of Amiibo, I guess I would say. The bad part is they're the hardest find Amiibos, yeah. pretty much. So not a whole lot of people get to use it, and the people who have the Amiibos probably don't want to use them. <laughs> so that's kind of frustrating. But, I mean, as far as the game itself goes, I'm having a whole lot of fun with it. I definitely see why it would have been terrible before that patch. Yeah. Because you're sitting there waiting and seeing nothing, really. So it's been a good baseball season game because you know I'll play my <laughs> turn, and then when the Nationals are up to bat, I'll I'll watch, and then uh, all the enemy moves will be way past gone, and I can make my next move. So it's working well for that. Um, it it's hard, especially for somebody who doesn't play a lot of strategy games. But I don't think it's like unbearable like a lot of the reviews just said. It's just challenging. Yeah, it's like usually I'll like realize something I'm doing wrong, like using. A melee character against range characters yeah. probably pretty dumb. Or hey, maybe I shouldn't have like rushed with one character and held everybody back, and I should like keep everybody together. So it's you learn from your mistakes. It does a good job of teaching you. Um, it's perfectly wacky and crazy, just like I like. I mean, Abraham Lincoln leading a secret strike team he has a mech suit. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Dumb um, or awesome awesomely dumb if, if you've been so, going yeah. to this site for a long time I, I think that I've had many a headline and article in which I'm like that's so dumb and when I say that I actually mean it's it's amazing like all of Hyrule Warriors my review could probably be sum up being like this is the dumbest game ever and I can't stop playing <laughs> yeah it, and the art style is really cool too I, like I the love the way it looks style. in 3D as well like it just it's a yeah. really distinct visual game and, and I like that about it yeah, so I think, I mean, there's a lot out there for people who like those types of games or for people like me who are afraid of those games and just picking it up. I mean, I think it does a really good job of not, like, tutorialing you to death, but, like, teaching you how to play the game through your mistakes. Yeah. So it's, honestly, it's my game of the year right now for a Nintendo platform or for any platform, considering my other platform games are ancient games for other <laughs> platforms but yeah it's my game of 2015 so far so 
I've been very pleased. Well, especially for something I paid twenty seven bucks for. Yeah, uh, I still need to play for play play more of it before I uh, kind of make see where it settles on my list of games. I'm surprised Majora's Mask 3D isn't at the top of your list. It's just one of those things it's where it's a remake. Yeah. Right. It. I mean, can you compare other games to Majora's Mask? It's just like, <laughs> here's perfection, here's everything else. Like, It's not game of the year, it, it's just it's game of life. <laughs> well, what is a, a game that I think might be shockingly moving up the, the the ranks for my game of the year list is Ultimate Angler, one of the new Street Pass Ooh. games. Um, I cannot get enough of this dumb, dumb fishing game. Which, as previously stated, dumb kind of means awesome. Um, so in Ultimate Angler, it's, it's a Street Pass game in which when you Street Pass people, you get bait. And then uh, the people come out with you on your boat to go fishing. Um, and you go to different, uh, different islands that each have, like, you know, anywhere from, like, four to six fishing spots, and then you fish. And the way the fishing is done is very simple. It just, you know, pick your bait, cast it out there, tap A when they bite, and then you hook them, and then you have to, uh, reel them in by either using the touchscreen and moving a reel with the stylus, or using the circle pad and, like, cycling it back, but there's kind of like a give and take because um, you can't do it too much or else then your line will snap. So, But you don't want to let them go too far because then you'll lose the fish. Um, but it just it has a really nice, like, kind of relaxing gameplay loop. Um, it kind of makes me want to track down Fishing Resort, uh, which was the game that was made by the same people who made the Street Pass game. Uh, Fishing Resort was a game published by Xseed on the Wii that was developed by Prope. Um, which is Sonic co-creator Yuji Naka's new studio. And by new studio, I think it's been around for like 10 years. Um, but they also did Ultimate Angler. Uh, I believe, I think Prope also did Monster Manor as well. The old, from the, the last batch of Street Pass games. Have either of you guys played any of the new Street Pass games? I got the double pack you can either buy them separately for 4.99 i think or you can pay 7.99 yeah or 6.99 if you bought any of the old uh street pass okay i hadn't but yeah i bought it for um what does it say battle battleground z Z. is the name of the zombie game like you neil i'm also finding much joy in ultimate angler yeah like and i've been burning through my play coins with this game yeah i love how the cats are the fishers yep when you use play coins and you just have a bunch of cats helping you fish. And if you're catching a big fish, they'll like hold on to yeah. the line with you, <laughs> which is hilarious. But have you gotten a fishing frenzy yet? No. Okay. So what happens with that is it, I think it, I don't know if it's like specific areas or if it's just random, but like, uh, it'll happen near the, when like you, I think it's when you run out of bait and it'll just be that like all of the people that you have with you, on the touch screen, you just tap them as quickly as you can, and then you catch fish. So, like, I think when I did that, I wound up catching, like, 20 fish. Dang. Uh, it was wonderful. Um, one thing I noticed is how all the NPCs in this game's heads are shaped like fish. Like, like the girl's, like, hairdo looks like a shrimp tail, and her dad looks like one of those fish with, like, the light. Yep. That whatever they're called i'm not a bio 
just uh, yeah, I forget. But... I, forget what the, I forget what the name <laughs> of those fish are. The under like the deep sea guys. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah. But yeah, it's really relaxing. Yeah. This fishing should be. On the on the other hand, uh, Battleground Z, the other street, the other new Street Pass game is, as as you put it before recording, Addison, it's basically just a Muso game. Um, I was I was honestly surprised when I booted that up and then I had direct control over a me. Um. And also the fact that you're controlling your me, and you're fighting fucking zombies. Like, and the be- the best are like what the weapons are, and I know uh, so far I haven't I haven't played as much Battleground Z, but I mean it is it is a thing where you have to go and kill zombies, and sometimes there are goals that you have to do while co- killing zombies. Like I had to collect four tires, uh, and then another one I just had to kill a bunch of zombies. Uh, but the weapons that you use to kill them are based on the people that you street pass their hobbies. So uh, I've played with a Wii remote that. Uh, when you swing it, it turns into a sword, and then you have like you do basically do a Zelda spin attack as its special attack. Um, I also played with a bowling ball for people who like sports, um, and then you just th- like you hold the bowling ball and you basically just like do the bowling motion, but don't let go of it. And your special attack is basically like you bowl a strike. Um, and then uh, what was the other one that I got? Oh, a boombox for people who like music. And that you use the power of sound to to damage the zombies, and you can shoot out big sound waves as your special attack. Because Add, Addison, you were talking about there's a tablet that you get as well. Yeah, one of the it's for people whose hobbies like browsing the web, and like you're you're swiping off web pages at the zombies, and then the special attack for that is you like order a package online, it gets airlifted and falls <laughs> on the zombies and kills them. <laughs> There's also, like, a pillow that you beat the zombies with, and then the special attack is you, like, go to sleep, and you start counting sheep, and the sheep come down and kill the zombies. Like, there's just a lot of funny stuff going it's on so, there. It's, it's just so much fun. Like, I wish I wish this wasn't a Street Pass game. I wish this was a full eShop release. I think Nintendo and Ubisoft should get together and make, like, a family-friendly zombie you. <laughs> make it zombie me. <laughs> zombie. Yeah, um, <laughs> and just have like the same mechanics and easier means to beat up cute little zombies with everyday items. Yeah, and for, and for people who are curious, uh, Battleground Z was made by Goodfeel, who they are also. Uh, I would assume they're probably just about done development on Yoshi's Woolly World, and they also did Me Force from the last batch of Street Pass games. So I wonder if uh, I forget what was it. Um. I forget who did the other two. I think Grezzo did one of the other Street Pass games. I wonder if the, the, the other two teams that worked on the Street Pass games, if they are working on anything and are on other ones that we might see before the end of the year or something like that. Um, but who knows? I, but I, I think these games are really special, and I can't wait to Street Pass more people, build up more play coins, and get farther into them. It's also great that there's new hats. Um... And I even bought the stupid VIP thing. Yeah, so can you go into that a little bit? I don't even, I don't even freaking know. Um, it's like you collect people's birthdays, and I think if you get a bunch of birthdays, you get more plaza tickets, which I I, I don't really want to admit this, but that's part of the reason why I was like, yeah, I'll just spend the $5 on it. I want to so pay the win that makes you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and there's also other things like you can store me's as VIPs. Um, and I think there was another thing that you can do. You can change the music of it. That might be just with the new update. I don't know. The premium, like, the, I'm curious to see if anything else develops from this VIP premium thing because it seems very dumb, and I feel stupid for spending money on it. It's okay. Also, for research. Yeah, sure. sure. You're just sure. a professional journalist. Yep. Um, so that's the Street Pass games. Uh, let's go. Let's go back around for another round of what you've been playing, John. You've been playing that Wii U eShop game Underground. I'm curious about this. Yeah. So I came across this game in some random press release around Christmas um, and I was reading about this game that had developed out of a surgery training tool and decided right then and there that I needed to play that game. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, over at, uh, at 8 Worlds when the review copy came in, I immediately nabbed it. Um, so yeah, uh, Underground is a game about where you play as a robot who is lost in a mine along with a young girl named Sari or Sari? I don't know. S A R I. I think it's yeah. I don't know how it's pronounced. But uh, but you essentially at the beginning of the game you get into this big exosuit type thing, and so you are looking down on the levels from above with two giant arms reaching down into the level, and each of these arms can be equipped with uh, a tool. Um, you can grab things, you can drill into things, you can zap things, um, and each of these arms is controlled with the analog sticks. Um, you use the tool with the L and R buttons. Um, you can also rotate the arms with the ZL and ZR buttons. Um, so you have very precise controls over these arms. Um, a, there is a controller for the game that simulates a laparoscopy. Laparoscopy lap or something? Yeah, laparoscopy. Yeah, I don't know. My wife knows Lapras. how to say it. Lapras, My wife knows what... how to say it, but she's asleep, so I can't ask her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're essentially looking down at this level that uh, it almost reminds me of like a 3D Lemmings game. Um, hmm. So you're you're finding all these robots and trying to get them through this mine area uh, and to this exit, and you do this by uh, occasionally you'll have to like drill the robots out because they've like had rocks collapse on them or something. Uh, and then you, you gather up scrap metal that's laying around or buried in rocks. You take that to a smelter and that allows you to build objects like bridges and stairs and elevators. And so you essentially build a path through this area for the robots to take. Uh, it's awesome. Like, I, the, the whole, for, like, the first half hour that I was playing it, I was like, this game is a freaking 9 or 10. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and then I got to the first boss fight. Oh, no. And, uh, and so it was going fine. You're, you're guiding your robots across this bridge, and there are these tentacle arms that are trying to smash the robots, and so you have to f use your tools to fight off the tentacle arms and then kind of zap your robots to tell them when to go when it's safe. Um, I died on my first attempt, and so it restarted, but the robot's AI didn't work anymore, and so rather than waiting for me to tell them when to go, they just freaking bum-rushed the exit, and they all died. Oh. And so I'm like, that's weird, so I started again, and they kept doing that, but that time I was ready, so 
I fought off the enemy for long enough and they got through the first area, um, but then I couldn't get the game to move on to the next area where my robots were. And so this whole boss fight, by, by, apparently by dying that first time, I had managed to glitch this boss fight into an unwittable state. Um, oh. So I exited out to the menu of the game. That didn't get me anywhere, because when I loaded it back up, it was still glitched. And eventually I had to shut the entire game down, go back to the Waterwara Plaza, and boot it back up. And that did it. Um, and that also kind of leads into the, the one other major problem I have. I didn't really have any other big glitchy problems with the game, um, but the one issue is that you have no direct control over these robots that you're trying to guide through here. You can, you can zap them with one of your tools to get them to go faster, but you can't really tell them, like, go here, um, and they're not good at navigating the areas. <laughs> um, so there were some times where I had like a perfect path lined up for them to go to the exit, collect some bonus pickups along the way, and we'd be good. And they just wouldn't go. Um, in my review, there, there's one line that I, I had, which was, uh, which I'm particularly proud of, in which I said that underground is, if nothing else, a frustratingly accurate god simulator. Um, because you can give these creatures uh, a perfect way to salvation, but they probably won't take it. So it's, <laughs> it's the thing about the game is that the concept and the actual gameplay is fantastic, but the actual programming of the game leaves a bit to be desired. Um, I feel like the whole game could be fixed just by giving your robots a simple go here command, um, but that's not there. And so it, it keeps what should be like a freaking masterpiece of the eShop. It keeps it down to like a, I think I gave it a 7 or a 7.5, which is still good because I really liked the game design. But, and it's still fun. It's just not as good as it could be. And that is my dissertation on Underground. I mean, it seems interesting. And I remember hearing the idea of it, but it does sound like it gets frustrating. Yeah, especially, I mean, as you get into like the more complex areas getting the robots to do what you want. It's its essentially, you cannot give them more than one option. Like, you have to make it completely obvious to the robots what you want them to do. Like, once you build your path, you should just bulldoze everything else in the level yeah, so that so they can't confuse get confused. Them. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right, I mean, so it, cool. it's a cool game. Yeah. But, and I think it's also pretty damn expensive, right? It it's is. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like and maybe I, wait for a sale if you're curious. Well, I, like that's where I'm at with yeah. that game. Well and even like I I sent the review off to the to the PR people and for the game and and they were sort of like, Yeah, we've had a couple reviewers comment on the price and the and the AI. And so it's like I think they know. And yeah. so hopefully they'll they'll fix it. And then I mean if it was fixed, I think it would be maybe even worth the price, but Hopefully they'll lower it a little bit. Yeah. All right. So Addison, I, I take it you got Mario Golf World Tour from Club Nintendo, right? No, I actually got it on launch day. <laughs> did you play it back then? Yes. Okay. I did. So you've, you're revisiting it now. Is this like because of the new 3DS? You're you're trying old games. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of kept up with that game a lot. It's kind of one of those. I played a lot of the DLC. Yeah, I just pick it up every now and again and 
I thought it'd be fun to just start doing some tournaments. Uh, I posted one on Twitter last night and had a few people join, but I like to do this pretty regularly and maybe get all publicize it more maybe get the site twitter to retweet it yeah. and stuff i know but, i retweeted it so hopefully that that yeah, brought I the thunder that. man I, I appreciated that um but yeah it it's a really great little golf arcade game that it's a really good golf game too not if you take all the crazy stuff out yeah i mean it's like a hot shots yeah with mario characters i mean i think and it works yeah i i, I think that the, the problems with that game are like the the ui with because that's just very confusing oh, as to where yeah. to go. But when you get into the meat of the game, like the courses themselves are fun, and the tournaments are really fun, and those challenges are the shit. Yeah, and you get really cool stuff from winning. Like Nintendo's still doing regular tournaments for this oh, game. That's awesome. And you win like really neat Nintendo themed golf gear for your me. I, I know I did a tournament a while back that I got a complete set of original game boy gear which was really cool i think they might be repeating some of those because i think i got that game boy gear around when it launched yeah that's when i got it yeah okay so it was a while a while back but if if you're into golf which i am i it's fun to just it's not one of my baseball watching games where yeah there's no nothing really pushing me forward where I have to be paying attention to it the whole time so I can multitask and it's just fun to like play online tournaments. Yeah. See how I do against other people. Um I might maybe I'll join yours uh as I'm when when the the missus is watching Game of Thrones tonight, maybe I'll uh I'll play some Mario Golf. You should. Um it's pretty fantastic. But if I'm not but, if I'm not playing Mario Golf later, there's a chance I might be playing Etrian Mystery Dungeon. Uh ooh, which is a game which is a game that I have been playing um and it's weird because I've never played a mystery dungeon game that I like. And the Pokemon I ones. Hated the Pokemon Not, ones. Uh, okay. Um, if uh, I guess uh, RFN listeners, whenever you hear of James Jones talk about mystery dungeon games and that fucking Pokemon mystery dungeon game, that was my first review for the website. Was Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the one that came out in two thousand eight, and uh, James and I tag teamed that review, and. It was, at first, we were mildly positive, and then everything fell apart. And I I had, like, PTSD from, from reviewing that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game. Um, and I figured now, if I, I love the Etrian Odyssey series. Um, I have liked games that takes elements of roguelikes, like, uh, you know, Spelunky, I think, is very good. Um, so I was curious to go to Etrian Mystery Dungeon and have it where it's you know, a series that I like in Etrian Odyssey and see how it's adapted to the Mystery Dungeon formula. And really, the Etrian Odyssey trappings of it are driven forward to a large degree. Because, like, the wrapper for the entire game just feels like an Etrian Odyssey game. Like, it's the same thing where you have different dungeons that you go through. Um, They even have, you know, the, the really annoyingly hard bosses that you come across that that can hunt you down and destroy you but the one difference with it is that instead of like mapping everything um you're you're playing a a mystery dungeon game where you control all the all the your party in real time and you're moving through the dungeon as monsters also move through the dungeon and if you die you lose it's it's very it's it's not as punishing because it's not like you go all the way to level one 
but you do lose all of your gear that your characters have um, and half of your money when you die. But actually, so far, I've avoided dying, knock on wood. Because um, I get, whenever, whenever trouble happens, you have like uh, an item that you can use to get out of the dungeon. So I'm just like, well, all right, gonna <laughs> die, gotta get out, gotta bail. So how does the battle system work in this game? Is it like a traditional turn-based RPG or? It's, I mean, it, it, it probably, like it probably doesn't help when games. I'm just like, oh, it's like a mystery dungeon game. But that's what, it, I mean, it's like, you're, you're, it's a, you know, tile-based, so you're moving around. And when right. you get into an area where there's an enemy, then there is, like, a turn order does display where it'll be like, okay, like, this character goes, then the enemy goes, and this character goes, and that character goes. So it's like a uh, turn-based strategy RPG, kind of? Yeah, sort of. Because, um, like, you, you go through different rooms, and once you get into a room where there's an enemy, then, you know, you can, you can either move one block or you can attack. And if you move one block, then that, that guy might get that might get guy might get attacked. And when you're in like the, the bulk of the dungeon, uh, you control one character and you can have a party up to four and they all control automatically. But you can like do things to kind of change what they do and stuff. Okay, so it's not like first person like a it, no, it's, it's, traditional it, it, yeah, etching. It's game. not like that. It's it's okay. like top down top down perspective for the most part. Um, it does change a little bit when you like hit bosses because that's when uh, you control every turn, which which helps out a lot because with bosses you need to use a lot more strategy. Like right. you know, I'll have I'll, for the most part I'll have all my other all my other characters will be farther away, and I'll have like the one guy who's more of a tank will be up front and center to attack the boss. Whereas you know I'll kind of like flank them with my magic user, and I'll have my my medic kind of healing while while my my tank goes in for major damage and then i'll you know if i use an electric attack maybe i'll paralyze him and then i kind of send everybody in for up close attacks um i've been enjoying it i i'm about halfway through it i think um or at least halfway through the main game i've heard that there's there's a lot of bonus content there's also dlc that's out now that's free and i think there's more dlc on the way um i don't think I think the kind of disappointing thing is that I kind of wish it was just an Etrian Odyssey game. Um, because the Mystery Dungeon stuff, it's not like it's bad. It's just that I keep on playing it and I'm just like, I wish this was just an Etrian Odyssey game. Which is good because I still haven't played Persona Q. So I can go back and play that and play an Etrian Odyssey game or wait until Etrian Odyssey 2 Untold, which is coming out in the summer. There's a lot of Etrian Odyssey games if you really want to play an Etrian Odyssey game. Yeah, so about that, I I mean, I've just played the demo of 4 that they had in the eShop. I'm interested in playing one of those games. I'm kind of in between this or Persona Q, which I'm recently gotten to near the end of Persona 4, so I would, and I've played some of 3, so I would get the fan service yeah. stuff there. I just don't know I, if that would probably be the safer bet. I think, okay, if everything was the same price price i would say go for persona q especially if you have the background with persona i mean i'm I'm also saying this for my spot of having not played persona q um but but from what i have heard is that persona q is a very good etrian odyssey game with persona characters um like there are definitely like some like i mean it's much like etrian mystery dungeon where i made the comment that it's like it's very much an etrian odyssey game which with some mystery dungeon trappings uh, from what I've heard about Persona Q, it's very much an Etrian Odyssey game with some, you know, Persona trappings. 
Right. However, I think that Persona Q is still like fifty fucking dollars. It it's available now on GameFly, so that's where uh, okay, you can get okay. these from. So. I think I think if price were not an issue, get Persona Q. But I think that yeah, like if, starting tomorrow or something, or maybe even right now, or every other month, because that's how Atlas rolls, you can get like Etrian Odyssey Four, which I think would probably be the best one to go into, um, okay. for like fifteen bucks. Oh, wow. um, and like and an Etrian Odyssey Untold, which is the other one that's available, that's good. But I I personally like four a lot more. Etrian Odyssey Untold introduces a concept called Grimar Stones that I just didn't really enjoy. Apparently, the sequel, which I mean, these are both remakes of DS games. Apparently, the sequel mm-hmm. that's coming out over the summer makes those Grimar Stones better. But Etrian Odyssey Four does not have that nonsense. I'd, I'd love Etrian Odyssey 4. It's, it's probably one of my favorite games on 3DS. Not being by Nintendo. Cool. Because I think if I look at my list of favorite D- 3DS games, it's riddled with Nintendo games, but Etrian Odyssey 4 would be at the top of that third-party list. Yeah, it's, I mean, Etrian Odyssey... Um, not Etrian Odyssey, but Atlas is pretty much the big third-party yeah. on Nintendo consoles right I mean, now. they have... By by the summer, they will have put out four big games. Uh, I mean, they have Etrian Mystery Dungeon, which is already out. They have uh, Devil Survivor 2 uh, Record Breaker, which is out in May. They have, uh, what was that other thing? Attack on Titan is coming out, and that's mm-hmm. eShop only. Um, and then you have Etrian Odyssey 2, and I think there's even another one probably coming out in the fall. I forget, I'm probably missing one. Um, oh yeah, Stella Glow is another one. Which I don't really know much about that game other than that it exists. But yeah, that's uh that's Etrian Mystery Dungeon. I'm I like I enjoy it, but I, I think after playing this I might just go and play Persona Q finally. So so maybe I'll talk about that on a later segment of this very show. And uh Word. that will do us for this segment of new what you've been playing nonsense. Uh, on behalf of John Addison and myself, thank you for listening. If you have any comments about what you heard, please email connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, we love your feedback. If you give us good feedback, maybe we'll even have a listener mail segment. And we all know how you all love listener mail segments. They're the best. So thanks for listening. Bye. Toodles. Bye. That's it for connectivity this week. I just wanted to jump in here at the end and uh, let everyone know that connectivity is going to be moving uh, to a bi-weekly schedule for the time being. Uh, It may eventually go back to being a weekly show, but for now we've decided to move it to a bi-weekly schedule. If you have any questions or queries, please email connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com And we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks a lot.
Toad, what are you doing? It's the end of the show. You have to do it next time. I'm Banjo.